You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. The scripture reading this morning is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 7 through 15. A Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me some water to drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy him some food. The Samaritan woman asked, why do you, a Jewish man, ask for something to drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Jews and Samaritans did not associate with each other. Jesus responded, if, I, if you recognize God's gift and who is saying to you, give me some water to drink, you would be asking him and he would give you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you don't have a bucket and the well is deep. Where would you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave this well to us, and he drank from it himself, as did his sons and his limestock. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become in those who drink it a spring of water that bubbles up into eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty and will never need to come here to draw water. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please join me in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you. Amen. How many of you are familiar with the story that Bob just read? How many of you have heard a sermon or two on this story? Yes. It's such a rich story. It's full of complexity and depth. And I think you could return to this story again and again and again over many years, and you would still find something new every single time you came back to it. The passage of scripture is fairly long, so we only heard a portion of the story. And although you're probably familiar with it, I want to set the stage for you, for us. Jesus is traveling through Samaria, and he's on a journey home to Galilee. To be clear, Samaria is not a place that most Jewish people would have sought out. It was the kind of place you avoided or the kind of place you passed through quickly. You didn't hang around there. They wouldn't have wanted to to go there as a vacation destination. It's not like you'd spend your spring break in Samaria. And the Samaritan people would have been kind of distrusted and not very well loved by the Jewish people and vice versa. There was an animosity between them. It wasn't like they enjoyed each other's company. So it's very weird that Jesus would have struck up a conversation with a Samaritan. It's also weird that he would have struck up a conversation with a Samaritan woman because men and women didn't chit-chat back in those days. There was a gender dynamic at play where men mostly didn't deign to speak to women. So 
This is an odd situation all around. And it's the middle of the day. People didn't go to wells in the middle of the day because it was extremely uncomfortably hot. But for some reason, Jesus is there. And the rest of his disciples have gone into town to buy food. It's not explained to us in scripture why Jesus didn't go with him, with them. Undoubtedly, there would have been drinks that they could have bought in town, or perhaps hospitality they could have found in town. So why is Jesus by himself out, outside of the city by this well? I don't know. But here he encounters this unnamed woman. And this woman is really fascinating, despite what little we know about her in scripture. We're told later on that she's been married five times, and she's currently living with another man who isn't her husband. But we don't know much else about her situation. It may be that she's unable to have children, because in those days that would have been a valid reason for a man to divorce his wife. It may have been that one, of, one or more of her husbands died in a tragic accident or disease or... There's any number of situations or explanations for why this woman happened to be married five times. Something is definitely going on with her. And this unnamed woman is very likely at the well in the middle of the day to avoid something. Most likely she's trying to avoid drawing water at the same time as everybody else. It was a physically demanding task to draw water from a well, which is helpful for me to remember because I just go to my sink and I turn on the tap and it's all very convenient. But in those days, you would have gone once a day to the well and you really had to use your muscles because you're drawing up a bucket full of heavy water on a rope. And in fact, most people would have done this task with other people. All of the women would have gone together and probably helped one another pull the buckets up. So it wouldn't just be one woman by themselves. You'd have two, maybe three, uh, pulling this bucket up. This woman in scripture doesn't have a name. And I don't know why she doesn't have a name because several, you know, any number of other people in scripture who are there for just a verse or two do have a name. And yet, it enables us to imagine maybe her name was Elizabeth or Mary or Lydia or, you know, we're imagining maybe her name was Susan or Emily or Jennifer. We don't know what her name is, but we can imagine. And the fact that she remains unnamed allows us to connect with her on a different level. She's like an every woman or an every man. She could be any of us. Jesus approaches this woman at the well, at the well and he says, Give me some water to drink. And her immediate reaction is one of doubt. Like, why are you talking to me? That's what she says. Why are you talking to me? (laughs) She would have been able to tell he was Jewish by the way he dressed and the way he spoke. And he would have been able to tell that she was Samaritan by the same reasons. She may have been thinking it was some kind of trick or test. Because these are groups who don't interact. She may have been thinking his intentions were not great. Jesus doesn't seem phased by her reaction. He simply responds, well, if you, know, if you knew who I was asking you for a drink, you'd be asking me for a drink of water. And the woman doesn't get it at this point. Why would she? She looks at the well and she says, you know, on a practical level here, you don't have a bucket and this well is deep. How do you think you're about to get water out of this thing? Now, Jesus decides to offer a little more explanation here. He says, oh, I'm not talking about physical water. 
Everybody who drinks from this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water I give will never be thirsty again. He says, the water I give will become in those who drink it like a spring of water that bubbles up into eternal life. And the woman responds, well, give me some of this living water so I don't ever have to come back here again. And by the end of the story, she rushes back into town and she tells everybody, this man knew everything I ever did. He's the Messiah. He's the one who's come to save us, to change things, to make things right. Often when we tell this story, we focus on the living water. And there's a reason we do that. It's a beautiful image, water of life bubbling up. And this idea of us having thirst or hunger or longing that gets satisfied by God, that's also a beautiful image. And yet the other compelling element of the story is the woman herself, this unnamed Samaritan woman. By the standards of her culture, she would have been living a very unusual life. I think even, even now, to be married five times is not the norm. Especially in those days, a woman's worth was defined by her relationship to men, so people would have seen her and they would have made assumptions or judgments about her. Some of the commentaries that I read suggested that this woman at the well is there by herself because she's ashamed. That's possible. Other commentaries say she was avoiding judgmental commentary or gossip, again, because of her situation. That's also possible. But I think there are other possibilities as well. She may not be ashamed. Maybe she's at that well by herself because she's experienced great pain and suffering and loss. It doesn't have to necessarily be shame. If you think about this woman who's been through five marriages, whether they ended in divorce or in death, it would not have been a good scenario. It would not have been a typical scenario for the time, and both divorce and death come with them, come with great heartbreak, don't they? If you've been through these things, you know it's not easy, it's not ideal, it's not the kind of circumstance that you wish for. Loss, I think, can cause people to keep their distance. And it doesn't matter what the divorce or what the loss is. If you've lived through a divorce or you've lived through the loss of a loved one or you've lived through a terminal disease, there will always be people who don't know what to say. There will always be people who don't understand. There will always be people who say things that aren't helpful. I think this woman at the well, she knew that the same way many of us know that. When you've experienced grief or suffering, it can make you feel isolated. Even if others have experienced something similar, we're the only ones who are experiencing in this moment the pain of our unique story. We've each experienced that kind of unique grief or loss, regardless of what it is. And so perhaps this woman wanted to avoid the well at other times of day, not because she had shame or because she had experienced ostracization, but Maybe she just wanted to avoid feeling disconnected. Maybe she wanted to avoid painful memories. And I I think about this, I think, well, maybe she went to the well the last time to draw water, and it was associated with some kind of fond memory of her late husband. Or maybe she went to the well the last time, and it's associated with some kind of painful memory of one of her husbands. We don't really know, but I think all of us have been through that kind of feeling before. People do the same kind of thing with church. 
if you've been to church over many years and you've been with a loved one or church is associated with memories of a loved one, it can feel intimidating to walk back through these doors again after you've had a life-changing event happen in your life. I've seen that. I've heard that. Sometimes even sitting in worship can be filled with memories, whether they're good or they're bad, and it can feel awkward to sit back in these pews again when your life has changed. Maybe it was the same with this woman coming back to the well. And then again, perhaps for her, it isn't about memories. We're imagining, right? Maybe this woman is at the well in the middle of the day to avoid awkward conversations with people. We don't know in scripture like how recently her marriages ended, how quickly it all happened. Maybe some of the grief is really raw for her. It can be awkward to talk to people when your grief is right there on the surface. If you've gone through a loss, you know that sometimes it's warranted to be wary of awkward conversations because when we don't know what to say, all of us at times resort to saying awkward things. We can say things that aren't ideal. We so desperately want to have the right words to say and sometimes there's nothing really to be said that's helpful. Can you imagine what kinds of things people might have said to this woman after five marriages had ended? People must have said some things. The Samaritan woman might have been trying to avoid people who would make meaning out of her pain or people who wouldn't understand it or people who might try to minimize it. I don't know what things they might have said to her, but definitely words would have been said. And then yet again, we're imagining, right? Maybe the woman didn't come to the well to avoid conversations. Maybe, maybe she just came to grieve. This is an interesting thought I hadn't really thought about until I was, I was reading again. It said the disciples went into the city. They went into the city because the well was outside of the city. There was some separation between the well and the city center. And in fact, that was uh, common in some days. You had to in those days, you had to dig the well where the water was, and so it would have been a trip to get out to the well. Most of the other places that this woman would have been, she would have been with people. Houses were shared, even beds were shared. Uh, bathrooms were not sacred spaces where you could shut the door and lock yourself in. So this woman really may have had nowhere else in her life where she could be alone. So maybe she went to this well at this awkward time because she just wanted to cry or be angry or express her emotions freely. Maybe this is a place where she knows she won't be interrupted in her thoughts. She comes because she knows she'll be by herself. The other reality of, wa of drawing water from a well, as I mentioned earlier, is it's, it's a physically demanding task. You really would have had to use your brute strength to do this thing. And it certainly would have been easier for her to do if she'd had other people helping her. But Perhaps this unnamed woman has learned that relying on other people isn't always safe. Perhaps she finds it easier to do things by herself. Have you met this kind of person? I've met this kind of person. Maybe that's the reason she's at the well in the middle of the day. She wants to be self-reliant. She wants to not owe anybody anything. She wants to draw that bucket up herself knowing that she's got the strength to do it. There's any number of reasons why this woman might be at the well. And so I think about her at the well in the middle of the day, it's scorching hot, it's uncomfortable. And we make all kinds of assumptions about her reading this text based on tradition, stories we've been told. Uh, 
And we don't really know what exactly she's experienced and why exactly she has this motivation to be there when she is. But what we know from the story, regardless of why she's there, what her motives are, what she's feeling or thinking, what we know is Jesus reaches out to her. Jesus talks with her. He doesn't offer platitudes or easy answers, even though later she tells people he knew everything about her. He doesn't ask her a whole bunch of questions. He doesn't say, why are you out here? What's your deal? What's your story? At a time of day when no one else would in their right mind be out there. He doesn't ask her to, uh, to go through all of that. And after all, why would he question her too deeply? Because he's out there as well. What in the heck is he doing out there in the middle of the day? He goes to the well in the middle of the day, I think perhaps knowing that he might meet somebody like her. Maybe knowing he would meet her specifically. And the thing that he does, his opening line in this awkward situation where they're both out in a place nobody should be at a time nobody should be there, Samaritan woman, Jewish man, his opening line is, can I have a drink? Can I have a drink of water? Only Jesus could start a conversation in such an informal, laid-back way in such an unusual situation. And then he offers her water in return. I think it's no accident that it's about a drink of water, specifically water, because it's something that we need to survive. You've heard the statistics, our bodies are 60% water. We can go weeks without food, but only a couple of days without water to drink. Even the world around us is mostly water. 70% of the Earth's surface is water. It's not all drinkable, but it's there. And it requires, uh, it is required for everything that we consume to sustain us. Whether you're eating grain or meat or dairy products, it doesn't matter. It all requires water. Water is the foundation of it all. And then in Jesus' time, water uh, was really also something that could be deadly or poisonous. Waterborne illness was a very big deal back then, as it still is in many parts of the world today. Just one drink from a river or a lake that had a disease in it could kill you or set you back, make you very ill. Which is why these wells, like this woman was at, were so essential, because they were clean, safe sources of water. Safe sources of water. I think it's significant Jesus is offering a safe, fresh source of water for this woman, for us. And it's more than just water, it's life, it's relationship, it's something different, something fresh, something new. It's something that's going to be set apart from those thousands of other times that this woman has come to the same well and dredged up that same bucket. It's something unique and special. So we've been, I've been imagining a lot this morning about this woman and why she might be there and what she might be like. I want to invite you all to imagine for a moment, too. I mentioned you might know somebody who's trying really hard to be self-reliant. You might know somebody who's angry or who's grieving or who's trying to avoid awkward conversations. Who in your life is at a well right now? Who in your life has gone out in the middle of nowhere to be at a place where nobody else is for whatever reason? Is it a friend of yours? Is it an acquaintance you see occasionally? Maybe it's your partner or your child or your parent. Maybe you're the one at the well right now, off by yourself. 
What would it look like to be joined at that well? What would it look like to have somebody come alongside you? And then again, what would different or new or fresh look like? What would it look like to be offered water or to be invited to share water? Jesus models again and again and again for us what it looks like to love people, and I think that's at the root of these questions. Loving people means meeting them where they are, even if where they are is alone by a well in the middle of the day where nobody in their right mind would be. Being with somebody is enough. We don't need to have all the answers. We don't need to have all the right words. We don't have to know anything or everything. Sometimes it's enough to show up and share a drink of water. That's simple. That's mundane. There's no magic to it. Jesus shows us that loving people means not judging them, even if we've never been through what they're going through, or we don't really understand where they've been or why they've had these things happen to them. Loving people looks like mutual invitation, and it can be as simple as, can you get me a drink of water? Here, I'll get you a drink of water too. We're here in this, in this space this morning because we want to follow Jesus. We want to get to know God. We're seeking something more in our lives, something holy, something set apart, something different. Which means we seek, too, that which gives life. And as people who follow Jesus, as people who are seeking life, we in turn are charged with loving like Jesus loved and trying to do something different in the way Jesus did. We've heard stories already throughout Lent from members of our congregation, ways that they've put love into action, the ways they've done something different that's brought life, that's shown love. And sometimes love looks like creating a quilt, and sometimes love looks like mentoring a student, sometimes love looks like uh, knitting or a construction project. Jesus shows us that love can look like showing up and sharing something to drink. Love can look like being careful with what we say and avoiding judgment. We're going to leave this worship space when our time together is done, and when we leave these walls, we will encounter people like that woman at the well. We will encounter people who are grieving, people who are trying to do it all for themselves because they feel like they can't rely on anybody. We'll encounter people who are trying to avoid the awkward conversations. We're going to meet people who are angry, who are anxious, who are sad. And you may not know it when you look at them. You may not know, based on what you see, what is happening below the surface. We may not know the whole story, just like we don't know the whole story about this woman at the well. And yet, our charge is to show up and to love them. Because we all have moments when we're at the well as well. You might be at the well yourself this morning. So as we leave these doors, even as we sit here, of course, the charge is simple. Be kind. Be loving. We don't always know what's going on below the surface. We don't always know what the story is. When in doubt, do what Jesus does. Show up. Start simple. It can be as easy as saying, I want to share a drink of water. 
today and in the days ahead, may we be on the lookout for ways to love others, to show kindness, to show up and share love in even the simplest of things. May it be so for us today and every day. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.